0: What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I was actually meant to be in America this past weekend, and I'm not sure about you, but have you ever sat in conflict with a decision about whether it's right, whether it's aligned or whether it is a form of escapism? Well, I knew that for twenty twenty four, something that I said to myself is I'm really desiring groundedness and stability and less movement, less aeroplane flights, less toing and froing, backwards and forwardsing, and just I really desired to feel anchored and rooted in where I am. And with everything that happened, obviously with this like what feels like now a 12 month conscious breakup with Jake. It's felt really challenging emotionally and also logistically to be with. I mean, even at one stage as we were exploring whether our relationship could or could not work, he floated the idea of me doing FIFO, like flying in and flying out of Bali and back and forwards to and from Perth and Bali and back. And just the instability of all of that movement just felt like such a no to me. So then when I landed back in Bali and I obviously got my villa, I got my scooter and I was thinking about what's next. And Preston and Alexi were running the next round of their workshops over in Austin, Texas. And I said that I was going to go. I felt this like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable in this breakup with Jake. Yet again. <laughs> my like, oh my God, I was in such a good place. Now I'm like going all the way through it all over again. And I thought to myself, if I get on a plane now and go, it is literally to run from the discomfort that I'm experiencing and the bravest, boldest, strongest, most aligned decision that I can do right now is not throw myself on another plane to go to America, but it is actually to sit and say exactly where I am right now. So that's a choice that I made. And I hope that drops some kind of penny into your mind around yourself and the decisions that you're making. I really feel when we tap in, when we connect in, when we drop in and ask ourselves the truth, our soul will speak. And mine said, Beck, you know, if you go right now, you are running and it is going to be harder to stay and hold. And I know a part of you wants to run from the discomfort and avoid, but let's truly lean all the way in and face off with this. This is the only way through and out the other side. Today's episode, though, is not at all about that. I am diving all the way into the herpes conversation with the incredible Shayna Singleton. I have had her on the podcast once before, but today this is a solo episode and we explore what it was like for her to find out that she tests positive for the herpes virus on the very same day that she found out that she was pregnant. I know that so many of you who resonate with the herpes conversation have so many questions about herpes and pregnancy, so I really feel you're going to get so much juice and so much magic out of this episode. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Shayna because we would absolutely love to connect with you. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. This is exciting. I am sitting here with one of my favorite humans on the planet. She's beautiful. She's tapped in. She's connected. She is funny as all fuck and she is so sexy. She says that I'm her mirror, but I'm telling you my ass when I'm dancing cannot do what this woman's ass can do when she's dancing. (laughs) Shane Singleton, (laughs) welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm sure your ass can do the same. I'm just going to have to teach you when I go to Australia and visit you.
0: Oh, my (laughs) God. Do you know what I say? I say that God didn't make me good at anything except for he gave me herpes and made me good at helping people because I'd be too much of a show off. So if my butt could do what your butt could do, I'd stop (laughs) people in the petrol station. I'd be like, everyone, watch me. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny you said that because
1: i said god gave me herpes too because i would just be too perfect because <laughs> i'd be too much of an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and look at me my assholes coming out I just be with i would just be too perfect
0: <laughs> <sighs> so for anyone in my world who doesn't know who you and your gorgeous butt is who is Shayna singleton and what is it that you do in the world I'm a coach, and I'm a coach for people
1: who test positive for herpes. I help women minimize or stop their outbreaks. I also help them break free from shame. I'm also the founder of Hey Cousins, which is like your all-in-one herpes resource hub. So if you're looking for holistic, community, facts, research, information, anything herpes-related, you can find it in one place. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Uh, and I know so much about your journey, but why Herpes? Why have you created this hub? Why have you created this social media account? Why have you created this huge community that is growing by the day to support humans with this?
1: It started with, I came out the military and I was on my way to law school and I wasn't happy. I was a hundred percent depressed. And I realized that up into that moment, I was doing everything for the validation of others. My mm-hmm. career choice, going to school, being educated, everything was just for the validation of mommy, validation of family, and just taking a path that I knew that was safe. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was 13 years old, I, I tried to commit suicide and I found myself in that dark place again. And I'm, i am that wasn't an option anymore because I had my son. So I made my... First decision I ever made for myself by going back to school. But this time around, I did it for food science and culinary arts because I just love to cook and everyone loves my cooking. I found my tribe. There was this it was called Zencation Retreats. I was amongst energy practitioners, shamans and alchemists and all these good people. And I became their plant based recipe developer. In doing so, people were coming to speak, hear me speak just to talk about self-love. I was inspiring people to love themselves more just by how I was showing up for myself at the time. So they made me a self-love coach in Zenkation retreats. People literally just wanted to come hear me speak. Mm -hmm. In doing that, I felt pulled. To help the herpes community, I'm already doing all of these self love, you know, speeches, and I'm helping people this way. And I'm in these private herpes communities, and women are saying they're in abusive relationships, they're feeling the shame, they just feel like no one would ever want them. And this wasn't my narrative anymore. I've done so much work up until that point to get myself out of that. So I felt. I felt like it was a calling. I felt my purpose was to inspire people to love themselves more. And my Mm -hmm. calling was to do it through the herpes community. So that's why I ended up talking about herpes and helping people with herpes.
0: Mm, You're amazing. And do you feel that when herpes hit you, was it just like a, oh, well, I'm already so embodied in self-love and I already have a huge value for holistic health. I'm an incredible cook. I'm like, not only can she fucking dance, this motherfucker can cook as well. I'm like, God, come on, throw a sister a bone, give me something. (laughs) But but when herpes hit you, was it like, oh, I've got a deep connection with myself, I can get through this, or I've already been through a lot of hardship, I was suicidal and attempted at 13. So was it like, oh, this is easy for me to move through or was it a huge monumental moment for you?
1: Oh, it wasn't easy for me to move through herpes and a lot of me moving through herpes was – Me learning how to love myself more. Mm. When I found out I had herpes was the same day. I found out I was pregnant with my son. So the stigma of me being pregnant with my son, I was in the military at the time. Um, I was pregnant by someone I wasn't supposed to be pregnant by. So that hit me a lot harder than my herpes diagnosis did. And um, me being depressed, me being suicidal, me becoming a mother... And wanting to see my reflection in my son. Okay, so let me go back a little bit. Every time I was sad, my son was sad. Every time I was happy, my son was happy. Mm -hmm. And my son was sad more than he was happy. And I wanted to change that reflection. That's really what pushed me in my self love journey. So my son kickstarted that for me. And a lot of work that I was doing on my mental and therapy and investing in my mindset and seeing shamans and alchemists and energy practitioners, it helped me break my own internalized stigma when it came to herpes because I was learning how to love myself unconditionally. And a part of doing that was holding space for my herpes diagnosis.
0: Yes. Wow. Um, There's so many places I could go with this. Number one, for anyone, any woman or man who's listening right now who doesn't understand what internalized stigma is, can you share what you mean by that? Me personally, when I found out I had herpes, you know, I immediately
1: I went to bully myself instead of uplift myself. Mm. Instead of t- reminding myself of my worth and reminding myself of my value and researching and empowering myself, I went into no one's going to want me. You're a single mom with herpes. Who's going to want you? You're dirty. You're disgusting. You're worthless. And I bullied myself. That is the internalized stigma. I took something that society told me was dirty. Society told me women with herpes is worthless. And I believed it. And I backed it up with emotions like shame and fear and guilt. And I was manifesting that in my life. I was creating that in my life. So that's what I mean when I say internalized stigma, being the bully in the mirror.
0: Yeah. And prior to you finding out on that day that you test positive for the herpes virus, how much research and study and time had you spent learning about the herpes virus?
1: (laughs) Zero. When my doctor told me, she said you test positive for HSV2, I gave her the most confused look ever because I didn't know what HSV was. And she was like, oh, you have genital herpes, just don't have sex during an outbreak. Yes. And sent me along my way. Yeah. So- not only did I just found that I had herpes, I found that I was becoming a mother. Yes. So the first thing I wanted to do was call the person that I was in a relationship with. This is a part of the internal life stigma. stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, call the person I was in a relationship with and I told him I had herpes. He seemed a little taken back by it, but he wasn't mad. Like I felt he, he should have been. Mm-hmm. And then I told him I was pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. He was
1: supportive and accepting.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: to me... Because of my lack of knowledge, um, that support and acceptance meant that you gave me herpes. You knew you had herpes and you gave it to me because why aren't you upset? Mm. Now with research and just thinking back on it, we were together for almost three years and I just told him I was pregnant with my son. He's supposed to be supportive. He's supposed to be accepting. He was supposed Mm -hmm. to react the way that he reacted. Mm -hmm. But because of how I felt when I got the diagnosis, and again, that self-bullying, not knowing anything about her because I automatically accepted the stigma, I blamed him.
0: Wow. You blamed him for it?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. In my
0: head, he gave it to me. Yeah. And what was the ramification? Like, what ended up happening? What was the result of the blame? When he's saying, you know, it very similar to me, the person who I believe transmitted it to me, to this day denies it said that he got an STI panel the week before you and I can go into the ins and outs of an STI panel not covering HSV at all so yeah. maybe he really did believe that he didn't carry it but he was like babe I'm with you I love you you're beautiful to me and so in the back of my mind I was like this motherfucker is a liar and you've mm-hmm. done this to me you're attempting to track me and you've taken my freedom of choice and you're trying to ruin my life there was not one part of me that could believe that he was just being loving and accepting and wanting to nourish my pain and nurture my pain. I was just like, no, you're a liar.
1: Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Um, He told me he didn't have it. He told me he tested negative for it. He complete to this day. He will probably tell you he doesn't have herpes. I, I haven't initiated that conversation with him now. I could, but I haven't. I let that go. But with research further along in my journey, I found out it wasn't included in your full panel. I didn't yes. know that. Yes, I did, I wasn't asking my doctors, "Hey, doc, pull out my test results, break it down to me, so so I can even catch that I wasn't being tested for herpes." Yes. So I could have been the one who brought the herpes into the relationship because I didn't even know if I've been getting tested for herpes all this time. Yeah, and then herpes can lie dormant in your body for years before it manifests into an outbreak, and something mm-hmm. like a pregnancy creating a foot in the head and and an
0: eyeball,
1: <laughs> you know? Um, So now I understand that and I know that. And if I can go back to my younger self with that knowledge and information, I don't think I would have handled my child's father the way I handled him when I found out I had herpes.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. And the one thing that I really want to emphasize and what I just asked was how much research had you done up until then? And you said zero. And this is something that I love to reflect to the women that come into my world. We're too intelligent to subscribe to all of these negative beliefs about the herpes virus when we've done zero research. Like, I'm disgusting. I'm ugly. I'm ruined. My sex life is ruined. I can never have a baby. No man is ever going to accept me. I will never have a thriving relationship. Great. If you want to believe that, I'm almost like, go ahead and take those beliefs and run with it. Just be intelligent enough to have spent enough time researching to know all of that is true. And then if you want to go with it and that works for you, go with it. But you can't walk into a doctor's office one day, have no knowledge about something, immediately have all of these limiting beliefs based on what? A movie, a bad joke, some social media post, something that someone said about a guy that they went on a date with on Tinder. You've got no evidence, no research to validate any of your ineffective beliefs right now. So just go and get that first and then run with them if it's going to work for you. I don't think it will, but try. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. I usually go a different way. I I tell the women that I work with, everything that you're feeling is valid. I'm not here to invalidate your feelings. I remember when I first found out I had herpes, I wasn't even trying to hear that I was going to be okay or anything that I was feeling wasn't true. Mm -hmm. But After you grieve this version of yourself that you are losing, Mm
0: -hmm. I want to remind
1: you not to get stuck in that. Yes. So once you are done grieving and you're done feeling the way you're feeling and you're ready for a new perspective and to come out of that, I want you to know that there is a way to come out of that. There is a new perspective. There's new beliefs. There's research. There's a whole nother realm for you. So feel how you feel. Cry it out. Scream it out. Throw something, break something, be sad, but don't stay sad. Don't be that woman who has lived with this virus for 20 years and been in shame and been sad about this virus for 20 years. Don't be her. I'm here when you're ready.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love that. There's two parts of that grief. I always share with women, we get to grieve the STI free version of ourselves Because we walk into the doctor's office, one version of us, what we know of our way of being. And then in that moment, it's almost like she's gone. And I feel that can be such a part of the heaviness of the impact of that moment of I'm literally grieving a version of me that I can't get back and we're trying to find Mm -hmm. ways to how can I undo it is there an injection is there a cure is there some kind of medical scam on the internet I know everyone says it's a scam but if I was to take this would it get rid of this and how do I just get back that STI free version of me I want it back I want it back I want it back and there's almost a desperation and that desperation is the resistance to the grief But what I would love to, I know we're going to dive into non-disclosure in a moment, but just touching on the pregnancy piece, so many women have a intense fear around not being able to birth. And that was actually one of mine. When I first found out, I read that you couldn't birth a child naturally, that you couldn't fall pregnant, that it was going to impact my ability to fall pregnant. What words of wisdom, what guidance would you provide for any woman that's like, oh, I carry this virus and I'm scared how it's going to impact pregnancy for me?
1: You can have a baby. You can have a vaginal delivery. Yeah. Just let your OBGYN know. Create a plan. If you don't want them to say that you have herpes in the delivery room, say that. But let your OB know. Do not keep that information from your OB. And do not assume that they're going to test you for herpes because yes. they won't. Yeah. Right? There's this thing called needlenatal herpes, which can be fatal to an infant if they come in contact with the virus through the birth canal. And this normally happens to women who do not know that they have herpes. Mm -hmm. If you know your diagnosis, again, communicate that with your doctor. They'll put you on an antiviral by the time you're 32 to 36 weeks. Mm -hmm. And they'll do a full examination of the birth canal to clear you for a delivery. If you don't want to do a vaginal delivery at all, you can schedule a C-section as well. That works. Mm -hmm. So you're fine. You can have babies.
0: I love how you just emphasized so much saying just make sure you tell your OB. If you don't want it set in the delivery room, please say that. I I love how clear you are. And is this based on lots of women coming to you and sharing? Because I've had women share with me, I carry this virus. Beck, you're the only person who knows. I've told you, you're a stranger on the internet. I didn't even tell my doctor, my midwife. I've delivered babies and I had so much fear because there was so much shame for it, that word to come out of my mouth. I've not told anyone and I hold shame around that.
1: You know, what made me want to say that is because I had an interview with a young lady who lost her baby. Mm. And she lost her baby because she didn't ha- know that she had herpes. Um, Richmond Cuso, he's an advocate in the space. He has a petition so that we can Try to have the CDC mandate getting pregnant women to get tested for herpes, but she didn't know she had herpes. She did have an brow outbreak during delivery. Her child ended up getting neonatal herpes and passed away. Mm-hmm. So that's why I highlight, let your doctor know it is important. As far as it being announced in the delivery room, in my pregnancy, everyone in my delivery room knew that I had herpes, so that wasn't a problem for me. But I also had discussions with Alexandra Habuska, the founder of Life With Herpes, um, CC Covent. She's someone who has HIV and she has herpes. And we all were just discussing our experiences being pregnant with herpes. And that came up as a topic, letting your doctor know whether or not <laughs> you want them to say that you have herpes in the delivery room should be a part of your birth plan.
0: Oh, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. And then that feeds into our next conversation, which is you just put up a post that's gone quite bonkers on your Instagram, which is all about someone who is a part of your community who has anonymously shared she's married. She's not Mm -hmm. disclosed to her husband. Her husband has no idea that she carries the virus. Yes. Tell us a little bit. Her husband has
1: no idea that she carries the virus and she's starting to feel guilty about it. And in the comic sections, we have like mixed reviews. We have people automatically saying, well, she's dead wrong. She should have told him he is the victim. Why would you start the relationship like that? And I'm going to say, okay, yes, she should have disclosed starting a relationship based off the dishonesty and then moving into a marriage. Yes, you should disclose that information is important. But I also want to say that some people have good intentions. Some people want to disclose, but When they are faced with that anxiousness, anxiety, worry, and fear right before the disclosure, they may end up doing something they don't want to do based off of a survival response. Their body goes into survival mode and wants to protect them and protect them from feeling that rejection and protect them from feeling that hurt and that judgment. So they end up doing things that they don't necessarily want to do, like non Disclosure. It doesn't make it okay, but it just gives you a little bit of understanding of what someone might be going through. So when do we put the responsibility on both individuals and not just the person living with the lifelong STD? I think we all should be having the sex health conversation, which makes me question the husband. Why haven't you required full panel STD results before marriage? Why are you both consenting to having intimacy with one another with no knowledge of each other's sex history
0: Mm -hmm. i mean you know i've only had the sexual health conversation with people since i decided to become in integrity with my own values and disclose Mm -hmm. and share and all of those things but up until now in my entire lifetime i've had one person have a sexual health conversation with me i turned 36 this year And so why do you think that is? Uh, I know that you're really big on this STI panel. Let's have this conversation. Both people are responsible. And I've just not come across it in 20 years of relating where someone is just so willing to say, like, hey, let's have a conversation about it. Why do you think that is?
1: I just think that sex health is such Mm -hmm. a terrible topic, but sex is not terrible. And... I think irresponsible sex, for lack of better words, irresponsible sex is not taboo, but the topic of sex health altogether is taboo. Mm -hmm. And that's why we don't hear that. Um, I also just think that a lot of people don't know their sex health history and they're afraid to know their sex health history and they're afraid to have that conversation especially if the topic of sex was shunned in the family home I don't know about you but me growing up in my family sex wasn't a conversation that we had with the adults
0: (laughs) I thought thought sex was a swear word I thought it was a naughty word that we weren't allowed to say. And then I went to a Catholic school and in the prayers, there was like the Virgin Mary. And I remember asking our teacher, I can't remember how old we were, but we're like, Mrs. Martin, what's a virgin? And she said, go home and ask your parents. So we were all like, ooh. And then we're like, and I just remember this being such a thing of like, Why can't my teacher tell me what a virgin is? We're talking about the word we're allowed to say in mass at church, but now my teacher won't even give me an answer to a question. And so it's made it so taboo. I can imagine people listening to what you're saying right now around the two-sided responsibility, and Mm -hmm. I could imagine people saying, no, you're wrong. It's entirely the responsibility of the person who knows that they have herpes. How the hell can you say that this is a double-sided responsibility piece? How can you point the finger at the husband and say, hey, Why haven't you asked for a panel? And that has a lot to do with entitlement. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah. Like you take the responsibility of your own sex health and you automatically place it on the other person and set these high expectations as they're supposed to be responsible for your own sex health. And they haven't even brought up the conversation. Like, when do you put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants and say, my sex health is my responsibility and my responsibility only. And I can't expect people with lifelong STDs to always tell me that they have a lifelong STDs. When do you put yourself in their shoes and realize that is a hard conversation to have? Even if you don't have herpes, if you don't have HIV, sometimes the sex health conversation is a hard conversation to have and to place that on a community of people. And here in the United States, they put laws on that community of people. That's that's tough. And I don't think that it's fair I think mm-hmm. that we should push the narrative of both sides having that conversation. Before we engage in intimacy, we should talk about safe sex. Are you monogamous? Are you polygamous? What are you do's? What are you don't? What do you like? What you don't like? What are your safe words? What are, what are your expectations? When was the last time you had sex? When was the last time you had unprotected sex? When was the last time you went to go get tested? And are you willing to go get tested with me? Mm-hmm.
0: We should normalize having that conversation. I fully agree. And I almost hear the voices of people saying that is going to absolutely kill the moment. We're like getting hot and heavy, we're kissing, and then all of a sudden, wait, I want to have all of these conversations about all of these important things. What mm-hmm. do you feel about that?
1: Don't put yourself in the position where it can get hot and heavy before having that conversation. Yeah. I think we know when we want to be intimate with someone. And if you know that you want to be intimate with someone, that is your sign to have that conversation. Before you go watch Netflix on the couch and chill with them, yeah. have that conversation. You know you got the hats for them. And you know if you're placed along with this person that it can get there It's time to have that conversation. I'm ready to take our relationship to the next level. And my sex health is important to me. And healthy sexual communication is important to me. And I think it's time that we have that talk.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that healthy sexual communication makes sex better?
1: Oh, most definitely. It raises the intimacy, especially when you have herpes. Because if you're someone who have herpes, it doesn't stop at your disclosure. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to communicate with your partner if you are experiencing symptoms, if you are having an active outbreak, you have to be able to let them in. Like, that raises the intimacy level though. If you're allowing them to even see your outbreaks or help take care of you or let them know your triggers or what they can do for you to comfort you at that time, it raises the intimacy of the relationship. You're
0: letting them into your life.
1: so yeah, most definitely.
0: And I know you spoke about unpacking someone's mindset when they're in a place of not disclosing, similar to the woman who is married. And I just want to put in the space when I first came out loud and proud on the internet, I had so many women who were in marriages, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, reach out to me and say, because of you, I've finally told my husband. And at this point they've been married to him 30 years. And he's like, babe, thanks for letting me know. Would have been good to know 30 years ago, but whatever you've got, I'm down 30 years later to accept that I've probably got it too, and that's okay. And I just want to put in the space that there are lots of people in relationships right now where they haven't shared with the other person. So can you tell us a little bit about what you mean about being in survival mode and that creating the non-disclosure and how we can unpack that person's mindset and provide them with some resources to move through this? You
1: know, before we get there, I always say that If you have any type of anxiety and worry and fear or you find yourself in places where you're not disclosing or you're practicing fear-based celibacy, whatever it may be, use that as a sign that maybe you're not ready to date. I want to start there. And that's okay. It's okay to not be ready to date. I always talk about how you have to make your acceptance priority. You have to learn how to accept your herpes because if you don't learn how to accept your herpes, you put yourself out in the dating field and you date from a place of desperation, Mm -hmm. desperately wanting somebody to accept you. I had a client come to me talking about she feels like she's trapped in the marriage because when she decided to date her partner, she dated them because they accepted her herpes. Mm. And that's the only reason why she moved forward with the person. They they must love me because they accept my herpes. And then she's years down the line. I don't even like this man. We don't have anything in common. And I think I only decided to be with him because he accepted my herpes. That's Mm. one that you Mm. don't want to do. Two, I also feel like when you haven't done the work to accept your virus and you start to disclose You do it with your head down. You tell your sad story to the day and how you got herpes. You say, it's okay. I understand if you don't want me. It's so filled with lack of self-acceptance that the type of people you're going to attract is going to be the narcissists and manipulators, the people that are attracted to the fact that you lack self-acceptance, the people that are attracted to the fact that you lack self-love. They see it in you and, and they love that in you. You don't want to attract those type of people. So it's necessary that you just take a break and learn how to accept this virus for yourself so that when you do go out in the dating world, your head is up, your shoulders are back, you're empowered, you're confident, and you can be rejected by the narcissists and manipulators because they're not attracted to somebody who knows themselves and knows their worth. And you can attract your ideal mate. And you're not dating for acceptance. You're dating for your ideal mate.
0: Yes. So I want to start there. (laughs) I love that so much. And I can hear one of my clients' voices right now. Like She always says, your Instagram triggers me because women will share with me and they'll be like, I disclosed and it went so well. She's like, it's like, I'm like, am I out disclosing, hoping someone approves and accepts me like, right. I get to have sex with you now. Like that perspective, mm-hmm. I could imagine why that feels so triggering versus I love to just be in the full ownership of it. And, yeah. you know, even for myself and I love Jake with all of my heart, And I know that as much as he was so aligned in so many capacities, I know that I forewent some really important things that our relationship, because it was based on friendship, couldn't create in terms of intimacy because of the safety around the herpes piece. But as the years went on and the embodiment got deeper, now it's just like, oh, actually, there's no trade-off. There's no, you create so much safety around something about me that I'm willing to forego something that's really important for me in relationship And I do feel like it's a part of the journey as well. And doing the inner work is going to support you to be able to hold those values and stay Mm -hmm. anchored to them so that, yes, you have herpes. And if someone rejects you, okay. If someone loves you, okay. What do you choose? Yeah. I'm so, I'm so happy
1: that you went there. I'm so happy that you went there because every time somebody asks me, how do you disclose? I'm like, it feels like, you're asking me, how do I manipulate somebody to get them to want to be with me? Mm. After that, tell them that I have herpes. Mm. And I don't like that. Yeah, This is why I always preach the sex health conversation. Yeah. Learn how to accept your virus first and then have the sex health conversation. That's when we're requiring full panels and then we're telling someone that we have herpes. But not setting yourself up. I'm going to say it at this time and I'm going to say these words and hope that this person accepts me. It's like, when is your acceptance going to be enough? You deserve love. You deserve to date and go after the person that you want. You deserve someone who views losing you as a risk higher than the possibility of getting herpes from you. You deserve all the nasty, freaky things that you want done to you to be done to you. You deserve someone who's not scared of you, someone who's not scared of your herpes. You deserve all of those things. And if you feel like you don't deserve that, or if you are settling for less, then let's take a few steps back and not worry about being in a relationship. Let's be in a relationship with ourselves first so that we can require that from others.
0: Yeah. Women will often reflect like, how do you just get so much positive feedback specifically from men And I do feel the infusion that I have in my life is this full ownership and a confidence piece. And that's what I find men find really attractive and really alluring. Like I know who I am and nothing that could occur in my life can take away from my knowing of who I am and what I'm here for. And even in the three months that Jake and I spent separated, when we came back together, his beautiful reflection that he gave me is like a woman who was in the work, who is doing this work on themselves is so different from a woman who is not. And you just know who you are. You know what you want. You know what you're here for. And that is so powerful and so alluring and so magnetic. Some of my clients are spending all this money on personal development and resources and research and therapy and courses and learning to love myself I'm like how fucking brilliant yeah you think it's because of herpes but the gifts Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life of who you get who you get to be who you get to step into because of this monumental life moment that's allowed you to discover yourself your life is forever changed for the better yeah yeah yes it's
1: a gift but it's also a matter of perspective I love what you brought up what Jake said to you, because it's the truth. Self-love is attractive. Yeah, It's sexy. Yeah, Confidence is attractive. It's sexy. Knowing your worth is attractive. It's sexy. Yes. It's a vibration. It's a glow. It's people are just, they want it and they want it in their life. And I noticed that with me, people just want to be in my space and they want to be in my energy because of that. Yes. So now yeah. like, When it comes to people who want to be with me or people who pursue me, they're not pursuing me because I have herpes. Is it hard to date with men because you got herpes? No, man, no one's dating me because I have herpes. If they are dating me because I have herpes, they're dating me because I own the fact that I have herpes and they find that attractive and they question themselves. Oh my God, I'm attracted to the girl with herpes. Why? I want some more. I keep going to see this woman is incredible. She's amazing, but it's just a product of the work that I'm doing, the more that I want myself, the more I attract what I need to myself. I attract everything that I'm going for. But the more that I don't want myself, the more I attract the things that I don't need in my life. So it's so important to do that work. Don't complain about the work. It's a blessing to be able to invest in your mindset and go on this journey with self because so many people live full lives never going on that journey with themselves, never investing in their mindset, never learning how to love themselves unconditionally. I'm always telling the people in my community that, Sometimes we feel a way about herpes because we've been domesticated as children. We were raised and mommy and daddy and everyone raising us praised us for what they told you was good. And then were are disappointed and punished you for what they thought was bad. And we kind of take that on into our adulthood. And we tell ourselves that if society says this is good, I'm worthy of love in that area. But if society says it's bad, like herpes, then I'm unworthy of love. Mm-hmm. And what that is showing you is that you only love yourself conditionally and you don't love yourself unconditionally. And the things that you hate, disdain and dislike within yourself are there to teach you unconditional love. And you have to learn how to hold space for those things and embrace those things to go on a journey of learning how to love yourself unconditionally and when you start that journey of loving yourself unconditionally you become so addicted to it that you require it from people outside of yourself because it's a new love and it's a real love and herpes for me exposed that it exposed the fact that I didn't love myself unconditionally and that I only loved myself unconditionally and for that it's been a blessing (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes 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 so any woman right now that is in their experience of non-disclosure potentially she's in a relationship there's a lot of fear there of when do I tell him he might feel like I've betrayed him oh my god I've, now it's so long so much time has passed have I given it to him I'm not going to say anything at all and I'm resonating with this conversation around survival I feel bad I'm fearing I've d- repeated to someone else what had been done to me it felt too hard to get those words out of my mouth. Can you provide us with just one tool that you would recommend us work with to support us to shift out of this survival state into a place of moving into self-love and acceptance?
1: Observation. Begin to date yourself. Maybe you got to take a few steps back. Let's not even worry about telling someone that you have herpes right now, but who are you? Who are you? Oftentimes, we don't even disclose and we don't even know our worth outside of herpes because we don't even know who we are and we don't even start the journey of learning who we are. What is your personality? What do you say? How do you react to things? What is your language like? Who are the people that you surround yourself with? What do you fill your mind with? Are you watching TV more than you're reading books? Just observe yourself. Start Mm -hmm. to date yourself. It's kind of like when we're in a relationship. Everything is all rainbows in the beginning. And then you start to find the ics about the person and the things that you don't like about the person. And you want to change those ics about the person, but you can't change another person. Here's the thing, when you're dating yourself though, and you find your ics and the things you don't like about yourself and how you're showing up for yourself, You can change those things. You can change your ex. You can control that. Unlike dating someone and finding their ex and trying to change them, you can change you. It's just a matter of finding that and being aware of who you are and how you may be showing up in support of your own pain and suffering. What do you think? What do you believe? Are those beliefs even yours? Did you get that belief from your mom? Do you want to keep that belief? Did you get that belief from a teacher in school? Do you want to keep that belief? Like get to know who you are now and decide who you want to be and get there. So, yeah. I love
0: you. You're one of my favorite people. No. I love spending this time with you. Me, love you, love you, love you, love you. And uh, I just want everyone to know that Shayna is the kind of woman that walks into rooms speaks about you advocates for you like i'm not in the rooms where she brings up my name and shares both of our voices that like you're such a person that wants to stand shoulder to shoulder and i would go to war with you but i'd also go to heaven with you i'd go to a club and dance with you i'd go to the i'd go into your kitchen and not cook because i'm going to ruin that fucking thing but i'd eat your food i would go anywhere with you and i just really i know we've never been in the same place yet but i can't wait for that day Because the work that you're doing is so incredible. And if you did not understand what I meant at the beginning, this is what I mean about God channeling through this woman. You're just so incredible.
1: Oh, I love you so, so, so much. You gave me chills. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. I love anyone who was sent here to raise the vibrations of this earth. And that is exactly what you were sent here for. I recognize that in you. I see that in you. Your orb comes around my orb and you're all the way on the other side of the world. Like, We were meant to do this together. I was meant to be aligned with you. You are the absolute perfect reflection. You are so incredible. I love what you do. I love your energy. I love what you do for women. And I just want to see you excel. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you glow. Because the more you grow, the more you glow, the more work and more impact that you have here on earth. And I'm all for it. All for it.
0: (laughs) You're amazing, my darling. One last piece of advice for any person who has tested positive for herpes and they're in the pain of it what's the piece of advice that you would say to them if you just found
1: out that you have herpes and you're going through it right now it is okay to not be okay it is okay to cry and it's okay to feel how you are feeling it is not okay to stay stuck there to stay there Don't stay there. Fight for yourself. You deserve love from yourself. You deserve encouraging words from yourself. You deserve to feel uplifted when you sit with yourself and you deserve to fight for yourself and your mindset and your happiness and your peace. Do not ever give up on yourself and let this be a sign to love yourself more and not to love yourself less. Yes
0: amazing for anyone in my world that would love to get all up into yours where do we find you you can find me
1: at Shana singleton anything on the internet herpes goddess anything on the internet or you can go to heycousins.info i'll be there for you
0: <laughs> you're the best and thank you so much for sharing this time with me this morning thank you love you love you Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness, and secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week, and trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.